the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right everyone welcome to uh homestead miami post race show uh what a day what a day man what a weekend congratulations to al and his bunch here the whole staff uh nascar involved because you had Talladega staff was here, uh, Martinsville staff was here, uh, Daytona staff was here, and all of those folks merged together to make one great weekend, man. I'm telling you, it was absolutely wonderful. Now, Saturday was a tough day. It was a long, long day, all day. But uh, today was on to be probably one of the fastest races to the getting close to Three quarters down to the race, and uh, man, Kyle Larson. I, I, I didn't hear what he was thinking, what happened, but he hit the barrier. Those orange barriers filled with sand keeps you from slamming straight into the wall between pit road and the track itself. Sand on both sides, on the track side, on the pit side, they had to red flag the race. And, guys, I'll tell you what, if you don't know who won, it was a complete surprise because it took two adjustments to bring a rag car up to win in championship to be able to win and not have to worry about winning next week. The round of eight is down to six guys. Has no choice pretty much but to win next week because – after Kyle, after Kyle went out, that's right, Kyle Larson, he wasn't too upset. and went to the uh, in-care center. You know, yeah, I have a little press conference, and, hey, he just said it was racing. Uh, it was a judgment thing. If you've seen the replay of it, go on. Hey, it, it's, it's already on YouTube. So uh, they go back to, to green flag from the red, and – all of a sudden, we're back into a caution again. Did not see it. I was trying to get from the back from Larson's uh, in-care center back up past where they was loading his car up to go into the media center and another flag, uh, caution flag throws. And all of a sudden, what the hooker comes down through here and it's got number 11. Number 11, that's right. Jenny Hamlin knocked out of the race. His car, look, the left side of his car, or the right side of the car, uh, scuffed up. I'm going to get some photos. I'm sitting here looking at turn one, which should be green. It's almost solid black. The wall's so striped up. To my left, looking at turns three and four, it's nothing but black. It's a black wall now. These guys, I mean, I, I, I looked at the cars. They laid up on the wall all day. That's testimony of what that composite body has done. It keeps them from bending the fenders in and cutting the tires. So uh, after that, the 
Uh, well, before that, Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain out. Denny Hamlin out. Behind Denny Hamlin in the same accident, Rose Martin Truex. I don't know if he broke something, but physically looking at the car, I didn't see nothing. It had to have been an engine failure, something internal, because it wasn't external. I, I didn't see it. And uh, actually, they pushed the car in. I mean, it, the guys pushed the car in. It would it come on the hook. So uh, that's the way it rolled there. But, guys, I'm going to tell you, the winner today, guy that punched the, the ticket to go on to uh, Phoenix, Christopher Bell and that number 20 Toyota, guys. So one of the big things uh, this weekend, Chris Hill with 104. Old School 101, and Cedric Hollywood was here, and uh, we were sitting down in the uh, cafeteria before we went out on pit row, and uh, Cedric goes, is that Pitbull? He was doing an interview with Monica out front, and uh, Pitbull come into the uh, Anyway, let me stop right there. Cedric said, I've got to see Pitbull. Uh, i got to see him. So uh, Pitbull come up into the deadline room, and uh, I'm fixing to play it right now, but Cedric was there, and Cedric and Pitbull go way back, and uh, you'll be able to hear it right here. It's a 17-minute. And listen, guys, if you're feeling down and negative, Listen to Pitbull. It's not like a concert. I don't announce you to come out on stage. <laughs> I don't have any smoke or lights or anything like that. No, we just had this, All right. We had this uh, pleasure to always host Armando when he comes to town, and, and um, the schedule he keeps is unbelievable. We uh, talk about the NASCAR schedule, and it pales in comparison. I think you were in Toronto twice. Montreal, Boston last night to 4 a.m. That's right. Yeah. So uh, just to have him here is uh, really, really awesome for the organization. Um, yeah, and just uh, one of the things we want to talk about was just how when we first got together, it was Christmas in 2000. And speak to a broader audience than just what our typical NASCAR demographic. and. So tell us a little bit about your new album and and, and what you uh, w what we called it and and what it's been well, what it's been so far. Uh, first of all, I have to say since he ain't gonna announce me, I'll announce me. Tell your chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide coming to the stage here in Homestead, Florida, Dade County, 305 representer. That's all right. And uh, yeah. good yeah. to see y'all. <laughs> yeah. All right. Got to get got to get some energy in this room. All number right. one, number two. Um, in in uh, layman terms, I know I got some kids in here, but these are impactful words. They're very passionate. My schedule ain't shit compared to these NASCAR drivers and what y'all got going on. I mean, it's grueling. It's grinding. Do we relate to each other? Absolutely. Are we both hard workers? Clearly. And number three, when it came to us getting together with Trackhouse and being a part of the whole NASCAR family, it was... Um, Number one, something that I had been manifesting for a long time, the minute that I saw that car parked in front of Slam, which is one of our schools in Little Havana, La Pequeña Havana here, one of my own neighborhoods. And when I saw the disconnect between the kids and the car, meaning they were so excited to see it, it's like they saw a spaceship. 
And that's what I mean by the disconnect, meaning they didn't, they didn't even know that, that that world really existed. And I already automatically saw an opportunity to teach these kids that they could be owners, they could be technicians, they could be engineers, they could be drivers, uh, physical therapists, pit crew, you name it. There's so many opportunities within the world of, of NASCAR. And that's basically how this came about because our visions aligned and our goals were the same, that it wasn't just about generating and winning. It was about utilizing the music, that platform, and utilizing the platform of what it is, racing, and, and bringing a culture, community, and everybody together, and just showing everybody that we're here to unite and not divide through the platforms that we have. As far as the new album, Trackhouse, uh, what better name than that for the new album? Mm. And if y'all listen to the album and what's in the album, I did it on purpose. I put a lot of different records in there. I put English, I put Spanish, I put Mambo, I put, uh, you know, uh, how can I, T-Pain, he starts it off. So it's me, mm -hmm. T-Pain, and Micha on it. And, and, and T-Pain on a Spanish record, which, you know, T-Pain from Tallahassee, he's a Florida boy, he speaks Spanish regardless. <laughs> <laughs> but all I'm saying is it's a beautiful thing to bring these two platforms together so that every culture can enjoy and understand that there is an opportunity in NASCAR and Trackhouse is the one running point on that. Damn, yeah. golly. Yeah. I bet right, that answers every question. I think that's point. it. No, nah, uh, I'm just messing No, nah, I'm kidding. Um, before we get to some questions, we do want to recognize some of the, the folks here and the kids here from the yeah, Slam, Slam baby. There we go. Come on. Yeah. Slam representatives. And I think there is another gentleman named Armando who has a Mira eso, un tocayo. Dímelo, Armando, ¿cómo va la cosa? Slam Radio. Yeah. And I was just wondering, what makes Trackhouse Racing and the racing industry so important to you and so special to you that you would even name an album after it? What makes it important to me for one Armando and uh, Slam Radio, we should let the whole world know at, at this point that uh, Slam High School is the only high school in the nation with its own radio station. So one time for Slam Radio and Sirius for giving us that opportunity. You know, Armando, what makes it different is because we do it because we care. You know, a lot of people, don't get me wrong, it's, you know, it's a sport. We're here to win, and it's a business. You're here to generate. But when you have a purpose and you have a real cause behind it, that's what makes it special. And that is why uh, I got involved in the first place. And second of all, why I would name the album that is just to create more awareness, not just through the NASCAR community, not only in the United States of America, but also around, uh, all around the world. And when you do that uh, from a good place, there's a saying that says, do good and be well. And that's what we live every day of our lives. I, mean, I tell y'all all the time, I know y'all hear it in the records, but it's the truth I live by, you know? Every day above ground is a great day. So what I do is I take advantage of each day to see how we can help those that need it the most. And that's what uh, the Pitbull organization is about, and that is what Trackhouse is about. And that's why this is, a, I would say, a priceless relationship slash connection. And one of the things that I, w I was really surprised by when we were talking about your biggest fan base and where they are across the world, Middle East yep. and uh, Australia? Uh, uh, Asia? Middle East, Mexico, India. India's a huge uh, market for us. Uh, China as well, but you know, it's, it's hard to get into China these days. <laughs> but. <laughs> but bottom line is this, it just goes to show you that music is a universal language the same way that racing is. You know, if you look at a franchise like Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious found a way to make everybody feel involved. It's not just about the car, it's all about family, but if you look at the characters in it, everybody feels like they're a part of Fast and Furious. 
because everybody's representing a certain culture, a certain community. But that's the same way we feel about Track House, and that's what we have brought to the table for, I feel, NASCAR. Awesome. I know, Jeff, you answered you. Raise your hand first. So go ahead. I try as much as I can, to be honest with you, but most of the time I'm, I'm taking off on Sundays, you know, to get to the next spot. Uh, what I do is I have someone in the team. His name is Elvin, and he is track house fan number one. <laughs> so he keeps me up to date on everything that's going on. And what I try not to do is I keep in touch with the drivers. I, I shoot them notes here and there. What I don't like to do is overwhelm them, you know. So I'm always here whether if they need advice. And any time that the team says, hey, we really need you at this event, uh, I try my hardest to move. And when I say I, I mean we, I mean us. I don't do this by myself uh, to move everything around to find a way to make it happen, hence the term why we're here today. I mean, we were just in Boston last night, and I want to give a big shout-out to Enrique Iglesias and Enrique Martin for giving me an opportunity to be able to, to tour with them. So coming off stage last night, coming straight to Homestead, just goes to show why dream when you can live it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> What's that now? I sleep is for the dead, man. I got to enjoy this ride when I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, where are we going next? Right right. Yeah. Right, here? right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. Where are we going? Oh, right there, my bad. Hey, yeah, we'll um, go next right here, yes. And then we'll go to him. Um, Greg Engel um, with Forbes. You you have this energy, man. I mean, we've interviewed you online. You know, this is the first time in person. And I get energized just watching you online and watching your energy. Um, you're now on my playlist, which I'm obviously not in your demo. Um, <laughs> hey, you'd be surprised. My demo's from the no, diaper no, to not, the diaper. I mean, I mean... <laughs> And that, that's not a dig, my man. I mean, just for me, you know. But anyway, so I listen to that. I want to know, though, how do you keep this energy up, man? I, I mean, you say, you you know, sleep is for the dead. I agree with you there. But so, how do you do it? So here's a little secret. I'm a first-generation Cuban-American, Miami boy, raised in the 80s in Miami. So I'm a product of Miami in the 80s. I just never did the product. <laughs> but I got the energy, though. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. derivative. <laughs> My bad, you were next, sir. Go ahead, brother. (laughs) Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Armando. I'm Alfred Edmund, Jr. with Black Enterprise. I'm here in part because this is the 20th anniversary of NASCAR's Drive for Diversity, which they started in 2004. Um, I'll admit, I was one of the people that said, NASCAR is going to do a Drive for Diversity. This may take 100 years. (laughs) It's actually only taking less than 20. I mean, there's you, there's Michael Jordan, there's Roger Carruth, there's obviously Bubba Wallace, and I'm not just talking about that, I'm talking about even the executives in the organization who I've met over the last, um, this past year. Um, what does it mean to you to see that NASCAR is not just walking, I mean talking the talk, but walking the walk, to actually put points on the board in the, in the area of diversity? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. One of the neighborhoods that I, I lived in here in Miami, which went from the heroin capital of Miami to the art mecca of the world now, it's called Wynwood. And uh, Wynwood, the saying is, don't talk about it, be about it. So there's nothing better to be a part of an organization and partner up through an amazing team like Trackhouse, be a part of an organization that ain't just talking about it, they're being about it. And what I, you know, me and my fairy tale story of NASCAR, why I relate to it at a whole nother level is because, you know, I'm a negative to a positive. And uh, if it wasn't for a teacher changing my life and certain people giving me the right direction, then we all know how this story ends. Plenty of us could tell you, prison, dead, that simple. Or in this day and age, snitches in the sport, so... You know, that's not uh, how I was raised, but either or. I'll tell you that why. Don't talk about it, be about it. Negative to positive is my story, and so is NASCAR's story. 
They started bootlegging and moonshining, right? And they took that and made it one of the, not one of the, the biggest sport in the United States of America. And now we're here uh, throughout Drive for Diversity to make it something that is worldwide. And that to me, it's an honor to be here. And I always love to get involved with things that are a challenge. And I love when people don't believe. I love when people hate, when they dislike, uh, when they talk shit. That just doesn't add fuel to the fire. That erupts the volcano, and that's when we show up and show out, and that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Thank you for a great question, my friend. Appreciate it. All right. So I see a lot of hands in the air. We've got, like, uh, time for two more. Um, Holly had originally put her hand up. I'll come to you because I know you're, 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 you, need, you need some moment here. Holly, do you, did you have a question, or are you done? Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know where I was looking. Hello, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. What, what is the reception like for you as you walk around the garage? What has it been like for you to actually be here? We know everybody loves you and loves your, what, what you're doing, but what's it like for you being here? You know, that's a great question. It, as, so when I first came out to Daytona 500, it was, during, it was right after the shutdown, and NASCAR happened to be one of the only sports to open up. Right? So the first reaction was, and what the fuck is Pitbull doing here? <laughs> okay, <laughs> what is Pitt doing here? So I got it, you know, we're walking around, we're doing what we're doing. Second time that I came out, I brought a, a good friend of mine, a mentor, a business partner, and his name's Tony Robbins. So now they're looking, they're going, what is Pitbull and Tony Robbins doing here? Which, by the way, we look like twins together, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny <laughs> yeah. DeVito. That's what we look like walking around. By the third time I came out, I started to see track house hats, track house shirts, track house jackets, and... That, to me, it, it showed the impact. So I love to, again, be involved with new challenges and, and learning different people and how they move. I love the loyalty behind the fan base of NASCAR. It's phenomenal. And when I really fell in love was at Daytona 500, 2020. And, no, it's 2021, I'm tripping. Mm -hmm. 2021. And I was across the street at the PF Chains there. And I walk in and one of the NASCAR fans, he's like, well, you sure don't dress like a NASCAR owner. Right? <laughs> so I started messing with him. So I, I, I sent him a, a round of beers. He sent me a round of shots. I sent him a round of beers. He sent me a round of shots. Right? <laughs> and when I went to go get up, because usually what I do is I sneak off and then I, I'll go take care of the bill for them. He already took care of the bill for me. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, Okay, this is, this is the kind of folks that I'm dealing with. And that showed me a lot of uh, the community and the culture of NASCAR. And that's when I knew that this is where I was uh, not only meant to be, but I'm a student. I'm here to learn. I'm never going to sit here and act like, something that I, act like I know something that I don't. But I'm definitely here to learn. And that's what I feel like walking out there. Even today, you know, some people be like, is that Pip? Oh, Pip oh! Yeah. They don't know what they call me. Miss Worldwide, Miss 305. So it, it's... Uh, it's a blessing and exciting. No, thank you. Cedric yeah. oh, Hollywood. Cedric uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood, doing, 99 Jam. Yes, sir. Currently uh, old school 101. But I want everybody in here to know that we have history. A lot of history. I, I knew him before he ever made it. When Luther Campbell yes, brought sir. him to my office at 99 Jams, and we discussed that one day he's going to be as big as he is today, oh, and, and here he is. Well, you caught me off surprise, Sid. I mean, I got to go. 
Hey, man. It's so good to see you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, hey. Thank you always for showing me love. Oh, always. Yes, sir. So I, I do have a, a question because it's so important that NASCAR is now doing diversity the way it's doing. So I appreciate the fact that you are a part of NASCAR because there's so many people who now realize that, you know, whether you're black or Latin or whatever the case may be, you can be a part of this. But how does it feel to be a leader as an owner uh, at NASCAR? It, it's a, uh, like I was saying before, priceless opportunity set, and really what a, what a great surprise to see you. And once again, he's somebody that showed me love from the before day one. You know? and, he, and to Luther Campbell, he's someone that also taught me what it is to bring everybody together uh, through music. And to be here as, as a leader or a partner in an amazing organization, it just goes to show you that, like I said earlier to Armando, do good and be well. You know, music has always been an avenue for us to be able to, because first, between me and Seth and everybody here, see, Miami's always been underdogs. You know, anywhere, you, anywhere we went around, Dade County, 305, everybody one way or another, for some reason, they just didn't believe in Miami, and that was a chip in our shoulder. So through music, we utilized that as an avenue to put Miami on the map, Luke being the first one to really, you know, I would say, crack it and, and um, be motivation and inspiration to us. So be able to do the same thing that we did with music for Miami and take that all around the world and be able to do it here in NASCAR and with Track House, man, it just goes to show you. And when you have that chip on your shoulder and you're an underdog, if there's one thing you love to do is you continue to fight. And as long as the purpose is right, then you can count me in. You already know that. <laughs> and we're going to take it to the house. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. That means the world to I me. Mean, great to see you, man. What last, a surprise. Last one, and we've got to run to another appointment. Thank you there. <laughs> An appointment. <laughs> appointment. Yeah, that's the next. We're on the schedule. Alfredo Suárez de Mundonado. Hola, eh, Armando, tú y Daniel Suárez son orgullo para nosotros los hispanos, para nosotros los latinos, por todos los éxitos y, y, y el sacrificio que les ha llevado llegar a donde ustedes están. ¿Qué significa para ti, Daniel Suárez, verlo en tu equipo y a sabiendas que es el equipo preferido también de todos los hispanos, gracias a que tú y Daniel son parte de él? Bueno, para mí lo que significa, Daniel, no ser parte del equipo, nosotros somos socios. Y Daniel viene siendo una inspiración y motivando a todos los hispanos por todo el mundo, enseñándole que aquí hay oportunidades. Como estaba hablando antes, donde uno puede ser dueño de un equipo, puede ser ingeniero, puede ser abogado, puede ser eh, parte de lo que viene siendo el pit crew. Y, y eso cuando tú puedes motivar e inspirar los niños, la cultura, la comunidad de nosotros, es algo que no tiene precio. So, es tremendo orgullo tener Daniel Suárez eh, un, de un socio en esto, pero no solamente un socio, es un amigo y un gran ser humano. Y eso no tiene precio. So, muchas gracias, Alfredo. Y para todos los latinos, ya tú sabes, para adelante, para arriba, porque no es más nada. Siempre lo digo porque es la verdad. Dale. <risa> So, so Bags asked me to translate. Here comes the subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to say thank you very much. We've got to go to our next appointment. Hey, to everybody here, y'all have a great day. I appreciate y'all said it's amazing to see y'all. And with that said, it's called Track House because the house always wins one way or another. Dale. <laughs> and wham, it was just like that. Uh, Cedric. And Pitbull, it was, uh, Pitbull was excited to see Cedric. And like I said, like Cedric said, and Pitbull said, Cedric helped get him started, guys. So uh, with that being said, uh, the 
next up at the uh, actor Pitbull was uh, Ross Chastain, which, you know, Ross has got a new thing going on, but today's race wasn't so good for Ross. Uh, He went out also right before Hamlin and uh, Mark Truex went out. So let's uh, let you listen to Ross. It's just 13 minutes. And we're getting ready. I'm going to give you the way they finished and uh, how they're fixing the rollout. Martinsville and here is Ross Chastain. We'll go ahead and get started with today's media availabilities. We are joined by Ross Chastain, driver of the number one trackhouse racing Chevrolet, and Pat Spinoza, host of Like a Farmer podcast. Um, Ross, we'll go ahead and open up the floor to you. Thank you. Yeah, good morning. Um, Appreciate y'all being here. Um, Yeah, this is a, uh, a bit of a different uh, spot for me to sit in up here. Um, you know, normally it's just more about me and more about uh, my race car, my um, you know either accomplishments on track or or downfalls that that I sit up here and talk about. But um, today is to announce a partnership that's going to be a little bit bigger than that and, and not so solely focused on me. You know, I have this incredible platform, right? Racing in NASCAR, driving in the Cup Series, winning races. And it's awesome. It's everything that I ever thought it would be. It's everything I ever dreamed of. But at the foundation of it and the basis of it, two and a half hours west of here is a farm that I grew up on. And JDI Farms is what my dad built. Um, We're several generations into growing watermelons in South Florida, come from South Georgia before that. And I want to talk about that. I want to shine a spotlight on that. So as I met Pat earlier this year and the Like a Farmer brand and what what we were talking about trying to do, um, we, we wanted to work together, we wanted to do some cool things around agriculture and around the racetrack, but it was honestly the, a, a request from our side that we wanted it to be bigger than just, just me and quit being quite so selfish. So. Um, we're going to, starting next year at the Daytona 500, invite a farm family um, out to the track. Uh, we're going to let them take a break from their normal lives, right? What, it's what's so great about sports is that it's not real. It's, it's a break from reality. It's real for all of us. It's real for all of us in this room and all of us that, that work in it, make our paychecks, right? We, we dedicate our lives to the sport that we're in. And for us, it's NASCAR. But for these families to come out, enjoy the races, just take a break. Just say, we're just saying thank you. Thank you for being part of the 1% that feeds this country and that the other 99% of us, me included, I buy my groceries at a grocery store. Uh, it's really something that, that I feel you know, proud to be uh, shining the light on. And, and with Like a Farmer, uh, with Ag America, we're going to do that. Um, so that's what this this is about. This is just announcing that. Um, I'll let Pat talk a little bit. I've taken up enough time. Um, but yes, that's that's really what our our goals were, and uh, we've got the the program now you know foundationally set, and uh, we will um, you know kick it off next year the Daytona 500. Appreciate it, Ross. And like Ross said, I'm Pat Spinoza, also multi generational farmer here in Florida, and. Ross hit it right on the head. The Like a Farmer brand came from my presenting sponsor, Ag America, and it was time to to shed a light on an industry that just quite frankly doesn't get enough light shed on it, and and that's being in the agriculture industry. Between 2021 and 2022, we lost over 9,000 farms. 
uh, far, suicide in farming is at its highest rate that it's been in over 100 years. And it's time to, like Ross said, get them off the farm a little bit. Come relax, come have some fun. And I couldn't have thought of a better partner than Ross Chastain to, uh, to do that with. All right, gentlemen. Yep, launching the Ag to Asphalt campaign sounds like a good one. We'll go ahead and open up the questions. Start right here with uh, Greg. Hey, Greg Engel, Forbes. Uh, nice to finally meet you, Pat. Yes, sir. Um, and I know, I know, we knew this was coming, and it's, I think it's a great, great thing. But I'd like to ask you first, Ross. Um, you've always been an advocate for the watermelons and the watermelon farms and everything. You've done, been a great advocate for that. What, what, was there a was there a single kind of inflection point where you said you know you want to spread this kind of I mean I know you got the platform and everything but now you're you, you know you're wanting to help all farmers was there a certain inflection point for that Yeah, it was this guy sitting next to me. It was uh, Pat reached out and wanted to, wanting to do some stuff with the podcast, right? Tell my story, and then as we talked and and David's in the back doesn't get much attention, but it's it's the the opportunity we have right now, right, and, and y'all have seen me here. I mean, my, my fifth race ever was here at Homestead in 2011 in the truck series. Today, starting the race will be number 498. So it's incredible the, the journey we've been on, the path. Um, it's, it's really, um, it was the conversations when, when we all were, were talking um, that it, it kind of opened our eyes to be a little bit bigger than just ourselves. I mean, we've... We've had friends and family out before that, that farm. We've had friends of friends of friends, you know, across the country come out, but never, never a real dedicated effort, never a real a public, you know, request that people go to agtoasphalt.com. It's a simple website. You'll see it. And, but those farmers and those families can go on and, and submit to be the family that comes out to the race that's closest to them or, or across the country. Um, so it's, um, you know, it's something that they'll, they'll – They'll present, you know, their case for why they're they're wanting to to come. Um, yeah, and it was just the conversations though that was the, the catalyst for this program. And Pat, for you, um, were you an NASCAR fan, and 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 this kind of came to you? I mean, I run a podcast, so I get it. You know, you want to talk to somebody, and all of a sudden you think, what was the catalyst for you to reach out to Ross and to all start right, this whole Dave. the whole Ag to Asphalt campaign? Right. <clears throat> yes, sir. So, like Ross mentioned earlier, I mean, he's a multi generational family farmer that comes from Florida and myself included and Ross has done a good job building his platform in the NASCAR realm so when I knew that I needed to shine light on this industry and I needed a platform NASCAR was the first thing that came to my mind I mean NASCAR has done a great job being what I'm saying could be the staple sport of rural America. And that's who we're here advocating for and trying to get them, these people out to the races. And Ross, now if you look at NASCAR and I have to go find a driver, I mean, Ross's episode comes out uh, on this Thursday with Like a Farmer, and you'll, you'll know that answer when you watch that episode because how this guy was raised and where he grew up and the life lessons that he learned on the farm that brought him his success today in NASCAR, it was a no-brainer to utilize him and his platform to shed light on the farming industry. And finally for you, Ross, when you first started, I mean, I can't believe you make me feel old when you say 498 races because I remember when you were just starting. Do you, do you still get a chance to go work on the farm? Because and, and, that's got to be kind of relaxing. I know my family had a farm when I was growing up, and it was relaxing to go out there and get dirty and, 
and run stuff. Do you still get a chance to do that, or are there so many obligations that it takes you away from that? February, November, no. I'll just be honest. I get down for a day or two during harvest because I do want to see it. I want to, I want to smell it, hear it, everything, because that's we get paid once a year, and, and I know that that's, that's our time that we get after it, and, and we get those watermelons out of the field. Um, December is my time to spend some time at home. Um, and there you go. I will Especially say, because fire, my brother's in the room, I will hold myself accountable and say I'm not exactly contributing a whole lot. I will go sit on the tractor a little bit, fine, and then usually out. he has and to either bro- go back and fix it after I'm done or uh, catch me before lunch to uh, let me fix my own mistake. Because when you're not there, it's hard to contribute when you are there. When I'm not there all year. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. That's right. I'm not in the field. I'm not in the dirt every day of the year like they are. Like my dad, my brother, my uncle has been, uh, and and all the rest of the family in their different roles. Um, you know, my job now is to promote watermelons to try to sell watermelons on a more nationwide scale um, for all farmers. And so, you know, I, I don't. I, I don't mind really if you buy our brand of watermelons or someone else's. Um, you know, as long as there's more watermelons being sold, it's going to raise all of us. And, and the watermelon industry, it's what I grew up in, so I know it. Uh, we're we're just a big family, and we we promote together. We don't promote really our Somebody own brands. We promote Florida bus. watermelons. What you've seen on the race cars, right? We promote Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Indiana, like the states combined. Like sometimes Gulf Coast watermelons. It's um. Yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty special to to be in the spot I'm in where I can promote really the whole industry and other families like the Chastains that have been doing it for multi generations. Some that are coming in now and and are just getting into it. You know, there's nothing to say that uh, I, I, there's nothing more that I love to see is that new families getting into agriculture. Um, and something I'll spin off on is uh, at Kansas a few weeks ago we gave away some Kubota equipment and it's incredible that groups within Track House saw this, we presented this program to them, um, our Ag to Asphalt program, and they wanted to be a part of it. But without, even without this, we were, we're giving away, Kubota's giving away Jim units, Miller, uh, you know, real equipment to farmer veterans coming out of service, Black and Black. now they can go bolster their farms, start their farms, whatever that may be. Um, so it means a lot that there's groups here in the back of the room. Trackhouse has a large uh, presence here in the back of the room. It's, it means a lot. And, um, you know, this is uh, obviously going fast on Sundays and going fast in the car is goal number one and making Kubota spend another check for $10,000 to Farmer Veteran Coalition when we finish in the top 10 today is top of mind. I'll have to look um, here real quick. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's special that there's more groups involved with this. Okay, we'll come up front to Lee. I tell you, I've been busy, busy, busy. Also coming from a farming family, um, you know, this is so genuine and so organic for you. I mean, it just seems natural. There's been a lot of farmers who have also raced on weekends. Why do you think it's taken so long for someone to use that platform since when you look at, you know, what our demographic is? I mean, you mentioned Kansas. We're going to Iowa next year. I mean, that's like heartland. Why has it taken so long for us to make that kind of connection and reach out to farmers? And the day they handed out oh, for me, it, it needed to be harvest. the right fit whenever we did this. this. And, you know, I don't know why, you know, why others, there's, as I came up through the sport, um, and we, we, we looked at the truck series, yeah, I went had, to, uh, you know, different media training, really media training, it was watermelon the, queen training program, so that's, that's where I learned to speak on camera, and, and I, I am who I am, right, I've evolved throughout the sport, you look back at my first interview, 
I sounded like I was straight from the farm because I was in 2011. And now as, as I've grown and, and really grown up in the sport, I feel like, before all of y'all, like right in front of you. Um, Ross Chastain, guys. He it's was something that I've it's taken me a little while to, you know, to find the right fit, though. And this, this He's felt starting like a, a thing next year where they're going to pick questions? a farmer Go to the back back and uh, bring him to a, to a race. And, uh, Rowdy Maglite race. And Ross, do you hope this platform be, will kind of slow down the loss of farmers? Hey, Clemson, you know, I don't, you, uh, don't really know what, what it'll do for folks. each group, right? I uh, think that as we go, uh, there's going to be staff, totally man. different, you know, people that are coming out and, and, and enjoying the races with us through this program. Um, so whether that gets them excited and they're they go home more excited. You got one Maybe thing they're casual you. fans and they become diehards. And now they've got all the merch, right? And they're listening to the podcast and they're watching the shows during the week. Um, or maybe maybe it's lifelong fans and it's just just old hat for them and, and it's another race, but, but it means a little bit more because their story is going to be told. And they can be proud that, that we tell their story. Like we put I, it out look, on social media, right? We're, we're telling them. We're meeting them. Ain't it's, nothing wrong with that. It's still been a little odd for me, uh, on the uh, inside, personally, you just that with people would want to meet me because I'm a NASCAR driver. I still, I still do struggle with that a little bit. I feel like I just drove from Fort Myers and Alva, just like I did Friday night. I went over ate dinner with my grandparents and then came back over Friday night, and it's like I'm sticking to that. So I do struggle with that sometimes, but for some people, and and I've embraced it, is their highlight is not really going to be the race. It's going to be to meet me, and and I'm okay with that now. It it took me a while to kind of grasp that, Um, but, yeah, whether they they get more excited, they leave just satisfied with the experience, I'm here for all of it. Last track is to go to uh, UNA. It's the University of North Okay, gentlemen, Ohio. thank you for coming in today. Yeah. They Appreciate have it. Thank you. You'll be able to intern if you join the club, racing club. You'll be able to go and uh, be on part of the ARCA Menard Series team, and they give you a little money. Uh, you'll travel with other guys. It's a great experience. I know several of them that have moved on up into – now they're already up in the cup, and it's, it's all because of UNA. Uh, two guys that are twins. One's in the Xfinity series working on a pit crew, and the other's uh, the other works in the Xfinity crew. So, well, hey, look, you got to start somewhere. Uh, get him turning wrenches, or depends on where which which way he wants to go. Broadcasting. But I'm gonna tell you, if you race a car, it costs a boatload of money. And it's a big boat. Man, y'all was on it there. I see. I didn't make it to Atlanta. I was at Talladega. I was at Darlington. I was at Daytona. And I kind of, something's up with Charlotte. Uh, they got some intern that's Picking who goes. I don't know. Atlanta, I love Atlanta, though. Wow, I bet he really liked that. 
That's pretty cool. One of the things I usually do there, Blake, is after the race, the Xfinity or Truck Series, I'll go down there and get, you know, they still have five nuts on the truck wheel instead of one single. And the singles, they don't, they're, they're not, they reusable week after week, but you know, the regular lug nuts, they throw them away. I always grab me about a handful of them and hand them to kids. I handed one to a brother and sister and I, the little girl was there. She looked like she was about eight. And they were so tickled. And she was on uh, one of the Make-A-Wish. And uh, I was just glad I did what I did. Murph, what's up up there? Don't look for me. It's too cold. It may snow before I get there. I'm down here. I think the sign said a little over 100 miles to Cuba. So if Fidel was around, I'd go down and smoke a cigar with Fidel. Let me sign off of here off Blog Talk. Blog Talk. It's been a great week. Remember, in the morning, 9 Central, 10 Eastern, we'll have the winners. I'll have Christopher Bale and Nick Sanchez. No, Nick said on the phone. I'll have uh, Carson Osamar and Sam Mayer. I have the three winners. They're already loaded up. Host of Carson Osmar in the Truck Series, South Mayor with Junior Motorsports number one in Xfinity, and you know we got Christopher Bell. So tune in there. In the morning. Hang out with Rowdy and the winners again in the morning. Every Monday morning. If you hadn't heard it, I'll be. I said, I will be at Phoenix if you can't do it. Mark it down. Put it down.